0: I know what it feels like to be sad, or that everything's gone wrong, things aren't the way you want them, no one gets it, and nothing can make you feel any better. So if you're stuck in a rut and feeling the blues lately, you're not alone. And this episode is for you, so stay tuned. This is the Lucy Beatrix Podcast. On my show, I cover a wide variety of topics, sharing my experiences from my past life as a magazine cover girl, to my life now as a competitive athlete, where I run fast and far, breaking the tapes at races here in New York City. I've learned a lot along the way on this path that I've been on, and it hasn't always been easy. In fact, with every high high, there have been some low lows, or struggle to accompany the many victories. With pleasure, there's been pain, and in that darkness, I've grappled with a lot of inner turmoil. But before I get into how I've learned how to keep myself in good spirits, motivated, conjuring this positive mental fortitude, I want to say my standard disclaimer that the Lucy Beatrix podcast isn't to be taken as a substitute for medical advice, so seek guidance from certified professional care in regards to your mental health. Okay. Okay. On to the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Um, I'm grateful you're tuning in. I'm getting closer and closer to 15,000 downloads, which feels really cool. Um, So thanks. Today we're talking about how to not be sad. It's something that came to me on a run after I was up all night earlier this week Um, I was just on this run, and I was processing a lot of things that I'm going through, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to share my tools and tricks for how to not be sad with you guys, because that's what I do here on my show, because I make the rules. Um, So I'm going to start by telling you guys that I come from a long line of sad people, but not in the way that you might think, since I also come from a long line of hopeful, striving, and determined people creativity and radical self-expression seems to run through my veins. My mother was this all-star animator in her her heyday, and my dad was an award-winning writer. So one thing that my parents both taught me is that it's important to tether yourself strongly to your crafts and be unwavering with your dedication to your art, even if it gets hard. But being raised by creatives also taught me the other side of this passionate way of living, and that that includes the negative, heavy feelings that come with taking the less traveled paths. For my dad, his parents wanted him to take a traditional route and go into the world of academia and study mathematics and have more of that uh, standard kind of job that would uh make it so that he'd be able to provide for his family uh us more with more stability and you know so my dad had to make a choice to be this writer and go after a big crazy dream and hope that it worked and i mean the way that my dad used to talk about it was he'd be flying by the seat of his pants just writing and pitching and hoping that stuff would catch and before he knew it he got this amazing job he ended up working at a newspaper for a really long time And became pretty well known for what he did. And that's because he loved it so much. But there was a lot of uncertainty there, especially when he had five daughters suddenly with my mom and had to figure out how to feed us and send us to school and keep a roof over our head. So he knew what that struggle was like or the struggle of doing something that's very uh, unconventional And same with my mom. My mom, as this female animator in the 80s, paving the way for her own career, nobody had done what she was doing. Um, She had to just go forth confidently, even though she wasn't exactly sure where she was going. So my parents both taught me how to how to do exactly that. And I think I've embodied this in my life because I basically packed up my whole life in St. Louis where I grew up and came to New York City as a teenager and was like, I'm going to make it here and some way and somehow managed to get a modeling contract and had that be my career for a decade. But in that, there was a lot of uncertainty and I had to deal with a lot of periods of being really sad and dark and scared. And I think it's important to notice the difference between sadness and clinical depression because there's, it's two different things. And depression is definitely um, a medically diagnosed condition that I think has less to do with circumstances that might make you sad and more to do with just, um, you know, something that, some kind of chemical imbalance in your brain. And so I'm not making light of an actual condition. Because, you know, I think it's important to recognize that. But I will say that I'm someone who's recognized sadness in my life quite a bit. I was obviously very sad and devastated for a long time after my father passed away. And I had to learn how to process that pain and turn it into something useful. So that's what I'm going to be getting at today. Or I have four key points or thing, I guess, um, four ways to keep yourself lifted emotionally even if things start to seem like they're falling apart around you or if you find yourself in the middle of feelings of great sadness think about these four things and they're just something that I've come up with and um, it works for me it really does if I look at this list and I say okay if I just get back to what the what my focuses are here um, it helps me just get a little bit less sad and so you know that that seems to be enough for me and so take with it what you will. Um, I should also mention that it's it's the middle of winter here in New York and seasonal affective disorder is a thing because obviously we're not getting enough sunlight and that affects our mood a lot, a lot more than you might think. And we, we actually had some warmer days these past few days and I was out running outside and I realized how much sun helps elevate my mood so much. So I'm actually trying to plan to get away. I'm going to go to LA at the end of March because I just want to get like, a mega dose of some vitamin D, um, to kind of break up this winter rut. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's another little caveat. Okay. So the first thing for trying to eliminate sadness in my life is finding my purpose. Number one, what is the purpose? What's the meaning? What am I striving towards? And I, um, think that every single day outside of your day job, which, you know, your day job might intertwine with your purpose. But if it doesn't, every single day, practice something that is um, getting you closer to your purpose. For me, running is a huge part of my life. I'm obviously every run that I do is just a piece of the puzzle towards going after the Olympic trials, um, which I hope to qualify for for 2024. So even an easy hour run is part of that equation. And so. I, when I set out and I do like a shuffle run around the around my neighborhood, this is getting me closer to my purpose or my dream of qualifying for the Olympic trials. And your purpose might be something like, I don't know, writing a book. So every day if you practice writing, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a day or even just thinking, what what is my purpose? That's getting you closer to finding your purpose. Just sit, having some self-reflection. I mean, running isn't my only purpose. I also think about um, what kind of mark I want to leave behind. Like, what's going to be my legacy? What am I going to be? Um, what am I going to be doing now that will help people in the future? Because I think that that's also something that really keeps me determined and keeps my spirits lifted. Is thinking that I have a very unique uh, story to tell with my own transformation as this non-athletic. Uh, addicted model to now running fast and far and I like want to parlay my experiences to others and I'm just hoping that you know with my own life I can leave something like that behind and help empower other people. So that's how I find purpose is just the little actions every single day that are towards some greater thing that's part of a bigger picture and that makes me feel a little bit less sad. Uh, The second thing is um, creating and This goes without saying that if you just make stuff, it could be, it doesn't even have to be anything good. Like I write so many songs that will never see the light of day under the covers in my bedroom um, that, you know, just to keep in motion with making something, a tangible thing, an MP3 file or a video or write a little article or anything, just having something that you're making, um... For me, that ch- that's a really great way to transcend some of the darkness or some of the pain that I might feel uh, over losing my dad or having, you know, setbacks and stuff. Making something that you can look at and go, I did this. That really helps me. It's very therapeutic for me. And I think I definitely got that from my parents because I can't tell you how how many memories I have of going into my mom's workroom and seeing her just keeled over uh uh, over the desk like drawing like frivolously because she had to get it out of her like she'd think of a cute cartoon or something and have to just drop everything and draw it and same with my dad just typing away on his computer um working on an article on a Saturday afternoon I just think of my parents as just being so um immersed in their art and that is you know that's just like how I learned how to process life is just create so Creation is definitely high up on this list. The next one, the third thing is connectivity or uh, having connection with other people. This is so big because obviously the pandemic threw everyone for a loop and made us very isolated and we got this false sense of connection by thinking that social media or texting is an adequate way to like stay in touch when it's not the same as just in-person downtime with friends or having a meal with someone that you care about or just you know walking around the city together and I think this one is so amazing and powerful because lately I've been making it a point to really foster my friendships and be there for my friends and see when you know if they're in need how can I show up for them how can we do something fun how can we take an average Saturday afternoon and do something special. Like today, my friend um, ran a race last night and we decided today that we were going to go treat ourselves and get manicures and pedicures and go walk around the city and get our favorite snacks and talk and just have no, um, we didn't really have any direction. We just were like, let's just like hang all day. And that seems like it should just be a no brainer. But I've gone periods or months at a time where I haven't hung out with people and it's so important because you just bounce off of them. Like today, I, I I told her about something that I was going through with this situation that obviously kind of like it, it was weighing on me, and I just had to get it off my chest. And then once I heard myself saying it out loud to her, I realized, oh, it's not that bad. It's what and I and I'm good. Like I kind of could tell as I was saying how I'm annoyed by this thing, then I actually. I'm not as not as sad as I thought I was about it. Just because I can bounce off of someone, see their face and their reaction, and have them validate that, yeah, that's a stupid situation, but you've got it. Like you can worry about you can worry about it a little less because it's not that big. It's not you know the end all be all. Where if you're by yourself and isolated, it's hard to know if something is you know it's hard to see the magnitude of your problems when you're just by yourself. And with that connectivity, this is kind of like an extra part of this um way to not be sad. I think honestly, intimacy is for me, it's just like such a drug. Like the the literally like oxytocin, the drug from hugging and stuff. Just being around someone, not even like I'm not saying like getting freaky. That's that's fun too. And that's a great antidote for sad, but um, but I I mean just like this like physical um Cuteness like tenderness is so good and healthy and it's it's also kind of reminds me of that feeling I get when I step out into the sunlight after being inside all winter of just warmth and smiling and that same feeling with someone else is a drug. <laughs> it's it's amazing. So, I think intimacy if you can find it. It's kind of hard if you're uh if you if you can't find it because obviously I've gone through some some dry spells in that department. But but yeah, finding intimacy to share with somebody is that's also very very helpful for not feeling sad. Um so, yeah. So, purpose, connectivity, creation. The last one that I think is very important is being a part of your community. So with connectivity, I'm saying more like one on one or group hangouts and stuff. But with community, I mean, giving something um, to a group. For me, that's leading a community run. I, I put on a run um, or I host a run every other Thursday at this place called Fix. You're welcome to join. Um, it's uh, it's just like this community run open to all levels. It's a chance for me to just connect with people who want to learn about running. And I make it very accessible. It's not hard. So anyone can come do it who can run. Um, and that's my way of giving back. It's kind of like, okay, guys, I want to make myself available as a resource for you and that's really, uh, it's really fulfilling for me. And every time that I've walked away from those runs, I felt like I've helped someone in some way, even if it's just logging the miles together and having someone next to you while you log the miles, even if we don't say a word, it's just helping someone move their body in that way. And I feel the same way with my coaching and giving giving that gift of running to various walks of life, but also in recovery, because as you guys know, I'm in recovery Uh uh, it's been this kind of crazy path, but um, staying sober has opened up the community towards all of the other sober people. And, you know, I talk to people with less days dry than I have, and I talk to people with more days dry, and we feed off of each other and keep each other in it and keep each other motivated. And it's that exchange that's really important. So, yeah, those four things, purpose, creation, connectivity, community, those things help me get a little less sad. And like I said, it's not foolproof. There are going to be times when you just are sad because of a circumstance. Like when my dad died, I was just sad for a long time. Like it just wasn't going to change. But I found things to get excited about and um, learned how to turn that pain into something useful and I also think about other times, you know, when I was really sad and like, you know, going through breakups or having a career change or having some kind of um, financial distress or something that the idea of just getting started, even if you don't know where you're going and just staying in motion momentum, that is something that has helped chase away the blues for me. Um, and it's hard, though. I mean, it's hard to just get yourself up and at them. and even if you don't have anything to do or go be excited about just get yourself dressed like you do and go sit on the subway and go back and forth it sounds crazy but sometimes I get inspired just by acting like I'm gonna go do something and then along the way it's it's New York City so like I'll stumble into something and see oh this is interesting there's a there's a show going on here hmm I wonder if I can meet someone new and just having adventures and stuff but anyway so these are just my little uh, ways to stay less sad. And I hope you got something out of it. Let me know what your tools are for staying less sad. Or, <laughs> And uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Lucy Beatrix, L-U-C-I-E-B-E-A-T-R-I-X. Until next time, just be fast. Just win.